Our text this evening will be taken from the book of Mark, the 25th or the 5th chapter, verses 25 through 34. That's Mark 5, 25 through 34. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, and spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touch my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging me, and sayest thou, Who touch me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. You know, a lot of times in for certain things where there's a period of waiting. I think all of us here have had that opportunity to endure the act of waiting. Sometimes after we wait in a, a long line, we may ask ourselves, was it worth waiting in that long line? Sometimes that answer may be yes, and sometimes the answer may be no, but we don't like to wait in lines. The reality it is, the reality is generally we tend not to wait as long as we think we wait. We just get very impatient and we think we waited a very long time. There's an English proverb that says that good things come to those who wait. This describes the benefits of waiting patiently and not rushing into things. There's also another quote. It says that Rome was not built in a day. This means it takes time to create great work. We cannot expect success to come right away. The best way to achieve success spiritually, even in the world, is to be persistent in what you do. Recently, we, we had the opportunity to visit Italy just a few weeks ago. One of my takeaways from visiting Italy, I realized how long it took to build those things. I realized the architect that generally started that project or even came up with that project, never got to see the finished product. One of the things we, we got to visit was the Leaning Tower of Pisa. This is a uh, famous freestanding bell tower. This is the tower of the Pisa Cathedral. 
It even says it, it leans at a four degree angle. I think even now it might even lean at somewhere to five to 5.5 degree angle. Often people, when they, they visit the Leaning Tower of Pisa, they like to take photos acting as they are holding up the bell tower. But what's interesting about that, that project started in 1173, and it was completed in 1372. It took almost 200 years just to build that tower. The person who came up with that idea started on that project, never got to see the finished product. The person that replaced him would have never saw the finished product. And there's a very good chance the person that replaced him never got to see the finished product. I came across this not too long ago, and I I thought this was interesting. Uh, The Pringle chip. The inventor, his name was Fred Bauer. He was a chemist that worked for Procter and Gamble. And this was in 1956. It said that he spent two years just on creating the shape of the Pringle and also designing the tube that a Pringle chip goes into. The only problem was the chip didn't taste any good. So after two years of working on this idea, Procter & Gamble decided to scrap the idea. It says in the mid-60s, they decided to revisit it. They found somebody else to try to make it taste better. They did find somebody that was able to make it taste better. And the final result was that they had a chip that was stackable, a chip that was crispy. It says it was flavorable, and there was never an oily chip. You know, that was in the 1960s. I I tried to look up what the sales today of the Pringle. It's now recently been bought out by Kellogg. I couldn't find exactly what the sales was, but there was something in 2017 that said annually, just in the U.S. alone, they sell a billion dollars worth of Pringles. It might have taken two years to invent it, but I don't think anybody today would say that was a waste of time. Sometimes it takes a little while to get it right. And we want to make sure that we are patient with the Lord and we do what the Lord asks us to do. But, you know, we we look at this example here of the woman in the crowd. It said that she suffered bleeding for 12 years. This This did not just affect her health. It also would have, at that time, rendered her unclean. It would have shut her off from the worship of God. And we can read about that in Leviticus chapter 15. It also mentioned that she had visited many doctors. She had spent all the money she had, and she didn't get any better at all. But I'm thankful it says here that she heard about Jesus. And she thought in her mind, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. It said in those days that devout Jews, they wore an outer robe with, that would have four tassels on it. That is mentioned in Numbers chapter 15. It also said it had been one of those, it said it is believed to be one of those tassels that she slipped through the crowd and touched. She made her effort to slip through that crowd. 
I have traveled to Europe before, but it's been a, a few years, and I realize that getting off an airplane in Europe is much different than getting off an airplane in the U.S. Americans are quite a lot more polite getting off an airplane. We, we generally unload from the front to the back. People generally allow you to get your luggage down and let you get off the plane. But as I, I stood there next to my seat, I, I realized that nobody was going to let me out. I, I remember thinking to myself, I'm just going to have to kind of like elbow my way in there and block them off. And that's what I had to do. I don't know how tough this crowd was, but there was a crowd of people. It took a little bit of energy and strength for her to get to Jesus. You know, this woman, she kind of came to her last resort. She had tried everything the world offered to cure her. The question tonight could be, what are we suffering from today? You know, we should never let circumstances be the driving force to lead us to Christ. We want to make sure that we need to be where Christ wants us to be. You know, sometimes bad things can bring people to Christ. But, you know, really, when, when things are going good, we should also be coming to Christ and be truly thankful and grateful for all the blessings that God has given us. But she had one big problem here, and she realized this. It would have been embarrassing for her to go to the crowd and state openly what she was suffering from. But it said as soon as she touched the hem of his garment, it said immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body she was healed. And at that point we read, it says that Jesus let her know faith has made you whole. Our faith is what's going to make us whole. I'm thankful that, you know, Jesus, he is the help for the helpless. You know, sometimes we feel helpless. Sometimes we feel like there is, there's no way out. But I'm thankful that we serve a God, that when we're down and out, that we can go to him and we can touch that hem, and he will lift us up, and he will give us that strength to go day by day. You know, in, in the Bible, another example of somebody who had to wait a long time. We read that in uh, Genesis 29, and that's a story about Jacob. We know that, in that it starts out there, that Jacob meet, meets Rachel for the very first time. He uh, sees her over there watering her sheep, and he actually helps her water those sheep. You know, at this point, Jacob had spent about a month working for Laban, and at this point, Laban came to him and said, you should not be working for free. I want to pay you. And he asked him, "What? how much, Jacob, do you want me to pay you? You know, at that point, Laban, it says he had two daughters. The oldest one was Leah, and the youngest one was Rachel. And it said Rachel was beautiful and had a lovely face. And you know what? Jacob, he loved Rachel. And he told his father or told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you give me Rachel to marry. And at this point, he agreed to that. So Jacob, he worked for seven years to pay for Rachel. And after seven years, it says that uh, Laban there, he prepared a wedding feast 
and he tricked Jacob. Instead of giving him Rachel, he gave him Leah instead. This At this point, this made Jacob kind of angry and very upset. At this point, he even actually confronted Laban and asked him, why did you trick me? You know, he, he let him know at that point that our custom here is not to marry off the younger daughter ahead of the firstborn. Now, at this point, we see Laban is actually negotiating with Jacob. But he said, if you work for me another seven years, I will let you have Rachel after the bridal week is over. You know, Jacob, he had to work for 14 years to get his wife. That's a long time just to work for somebody just to get your wife. But Jacob believed and Jacob loved Rachel. And I believe that it was worth it all. And God blessed him. And we want to make sure that even if time may be a long time, we want to be where God wants us to be. You know, as we do that, I I was thinking, and I don't know, maybe this is the best term, but I think sometimes we need godly grit. You know, you know, when we get saved or when we give our life to Christ, it doesn't mean we won't have any trials. It doesn't mean we won't have any pain in our life. It will still come trials and pain. But, you know, I think that godly grit It is to to perform repetitiveness. You know, we need to make sure that we're doing the same thing over again and again. You know, it's not bad to do the same thing over again and again if it's the right thing. It's good to read your Bible over and over. It's good to pray over and over. It's good to come to church over and over, even if God does not answer your prayer. We want to make sure we're doing the right thing over and over. We need to have that godly grit. You know, we need to take the necessary steps in order to reach those goals. I don't know if goals is the right word to use there, but we want to make sure that all of us have needs or things that we need from the Lord. And we want to make sure that we endure to the end till the Lord bless us with those things. We also read in Galatians 6, 9, it talks about there, it says, don't get tired of doing good. What that means is don't get tired of doing what is right. Because it says just at the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessings. If we do what God asks us to do, there will come a time that we will receive those blessings. And the last part of that verse, it also mentions we don't want to give up. Often people give up long before the blessing ever comes. I believe if we endure to the end, the Lord will help us and we will receive that blessing that God has for us. But in closing tonight, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this recently from my trip. We may never know the impact that we have on the world. You know, I, I was thinking about we uh, visit a St. Peter's Basilica. This is, I'm not sure if it's exactly in the Vatican or right on the edge of the Vatican, but it's right there in Rome. It's considered to be one of the most, actually it's considered to be the most beautiful church in the world. You know, they started construction on this in 1506. They ended in 1626. The Catholic tradition holds that the Basilica is the burial site of St. Peter. It made me think as I was Reading there, as I was actually looking at there, I looked up St. Peter's Basilica, and there was a part there that talked about the life of Peter. We know that Peter, he was just a Jewish fisherman from Galilee. You know, he, he wasn't anything, he probably never thought of himself very, very highly. 
We also read in Acts 4.13, we see there that said, as one of the, the members of the council were amazed that an ordinary man can be so bold with not having no special training in Scripture. That word there, he was just an ordinary man. You know, a lot of us, I mean, we are, we're just ordinary people. But if we're faithful and we do what God wants us to do and we endure to the end, we may never know the impact that we can have on something. But you know what? He had the best training Peter did. You know what his training was? He might not have been trained in the scriptures, but he walked with Jesus. You know, we can have that. That's a nice thing. We can have a relationship with Christ. We can have that relationship and we need to have that relationship. And it says there, the last part, it says, Jesus asked the question in Mike, in Mark 5.30, it said, who touched my robe? You know, tonight, we want to make sure we touch that hem of his garment. Whatever we may go, be going through tonight, wherever we stand in front of God, maybe we're not saved, and maybe we, we want to be saved, or maybe we're not sanctified, but we want to have our sanctification, or we want to get our baptism, we just need to reach out with faith. I believe the night the Lord can have that for us. I believe he wants to bless us tonight. It's song 238 and the altars are open.